Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. How do I? I'll skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, all right, everybody, into the time machine. No, 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 no. You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like this and cue the organist. You see, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is Episode 31, also known as our fourth episode of 2022, a.k.a. the sixth episode of Season 3. My name is Pete. <laughs> this is Dave. And I'm Paul. We are absolutely crazy nuts wacko about old time radio. So we come to you, our listeners, all three of you, to present specific episodes of certain old time radio series. They might be episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or they might be one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss, either in person or on social media. We all take turns choosing a show for discussion, and occasionally we'll bring in a special guest to provide some programming. Not this time, though, because it's Paul's turn, and he probably didn't care enough to try and find somebody. <laughs> uh, well, you're absolutely right about that one, man. <laughs> now, now, hold on, Dave. <laughs> It really is okay that Paul didn't bring anybody along, so don't judge the bum. Uh, all right, all right. You're yeah. right, Pete. Sorry, you bum. So oh. so tell us, Paulie, what's on the platter tonight for us to feast on? Well, I'll just ignore the, your, your snide remarks and <laughs> inform you that we'll be devouring an episode of Philo Vance tonight entitled... The Cover Girl Murder Case. Philo Vance was created by novelist S.S. Van Dyne, the pen name of Willard Huntington Wright. Vance first appeared in the 1925 novel The Benson Murder Case. Twelve more novels were published over 14 years. He was introduced as a wealthy young dabbler in many fields who added solving crimes to his many other interests. His friend, District Attorney Markham, came to rely on him to solve difficult murders, while Sergeant Heath of the Homicide Squad had little choice but to tolerate him. The character gained new life and popularity in film. William Powell played Vance in four films, but the character was portrayed by a variety of actors, including Basil Rathbone, Paul Lucas, and Warren William. Philo Vance came to radio starring John Emery from 1943 to 1945. In the summer of 1945, NBC released a summer replacement series starring Jose Ferrar as Vance. In 1946, radio and television syndication king Frederick Ziv, gotta hope I'm saying the Ziv, 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 Ziv something like that. Began producing a series starting a radio veteran, Jackson Beck, as Vance, that produced more than 100 episodes. So without further delay, we present Jackson Beck as Philo Vance in the CoverGirl murder case. 
first aired October 12, 1948. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency, get comfortable, and listen. Mr. Douglas, I understand. You want six girls to model evening gowns for your fashion show tomorrow night. And they've got to be tall, slender, and attractive, Mr. Bennett. I understand. They will be, Mr. Douglas. In fact, I can give the same girls you had a few weeks ago. Oh, do that. They were very satisfactory. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Well, do you think we have time to finish our little conversation now? Oh, I'm sorry, Sugar. Business is business. You understand? I understand more things than maybe you realize. All models aren't dumb, you know. They just look dumb. Uh, Sugar, listen. You're going on a photography job tomorrow afternoon for me. Two girls, you and Betty Down. Oh, uh, oh, wait a minute, Sugar, will you? Mr. Bennett speaking. Uh, Douglas again, Bennett. Oh, yes, Mr. Douglas. Uh, I just wanted to make sure of something. One of the girls you're sending me for my fashion show will be Sugar Keen. Oh, you? yes, of course, Mr. Douglas. In fact, she's right here in my office at this moment. Oh, fine, fine. Just wanted to check, that's all. Bye. Bye. Somebody wanted me? I just wanted to be sure you'd be on a fashion show job tomorrow night, Sugar. Another Hollywood-style preview. You worked it a few weeks ago, remember? Return engagement by popular demand. Mm -hmm. Well, at least I'm not slipping. Slipping? Why, you're the top photography and fashion model in the country, Sugar. Have been for years. Let's get back to this business about the date tomorrow afternoon. You say it's important. And I'm going to work with Betty Downs, huh? Yes, it's very important. The pictures are for a Hollywood department store. Every movie producer in California will see them. Doesn't that make the job important? To Betty, maybe. She's got movies on her mind. Not me. She's got movies on her mind when she hasn't got Slugger Davis on her. She's not taking your prize-fighting boyfriend away, is she? She's trying, and I don't like it. And I like it a whole lot less because Slugger doesn't mind. Uh, look, let's keep personalities out of business, sugar. You see, I've got a personal contract with Betty. And if she goes to Hollywood, I'll make plenty. On that tomorrow's date, see that her makeup is okay. See that she looks right, will you? Look out for her, please, sugar. Listen, Al, I'm telling you right now. If she doesn't watch her step, she better look out for me. like that. Like this. Who should do blue? Who should do blue? The lips around. Project the words. Now, once more, please. Who should do blue? Who should do blue? No, 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 Miss Downs. So uh, 20 minutes now, I try to teach you how to speak. How to speak. Like this. We, the, he, she. How now, brown cow? Who shoe do blue? And what comes out? We the he she how now, brown cow? Who shoe do blue? Ah, you learn nothing. I'm sorry, Pierre. I'm trying. Trying? Trying is not enough. Doing, you must do. Hello. Once more, please. The ooh sounds. You ready? No, no, I'm not ready. I'm tired of making ooh sounds. 
Oh, Pierre, I'm so tired. Oh, oh, I am sorry, my dear. You muddle all day, and then in the evening you work with me. It is very difficult for you, Nespa. You rest a while. We try again in a few minutes, eh? Who is that? Come in. Hi, Benny. What's the good word? Hello, Slugger. Sugar Keen isn't here. She isn't even expected, I don't think. I'm not calling for Sugar, Betty. Not tonight. I came to pick you up. Hiya, Frenchie. I'm Slugger Davis, next middleweight champion of the world. You're Pierre, ain't you? I am Pierre, ain't I? Well, ain't you? Talk, such talk, sucker, no. Maybe it is you who ought to come take lessons from me. <laughs> well, I talk plenty good with my hands, Frenchie. That's all I got to worry about. You might worry about Sugar Keen. She isn't going to like your calling for me, Slugger. No, I guess she ain't. But ain't that too bad, Betty? Ain't that just too bad? Build your upper lip a little more, Betty. Oh, here, give me the lipstick. I'll show you what I mean. Thanks, sugar. It's awfully swell of you. I understand these pictures we're taking are going to Hollywood. They sure are. And don't you wish you were... Sugar, Hold I... your mouth still so I can take care of that upper lip. Why I do these things, I'll never know. Oh, there. Take a look. Better? Oh, it looks fine. Have you plenty of pancake on? Those lights are going to be hot. I think I've got enough. Sugar, I want to talk to you about Slugger. I want to talk to you about him, too. Only not now. Business is business, and this is a job. Use a little more pencil on your eyebrows. And put a dot on the outside of each eye. Makes your eyes photograph bigger. Thank you. Right here? Yeah, that's the spot. Okay, let's get inside. I'm ready. Thanks again, sugar. I'll never forget this. Yeah, I know. Okay, Mr. Stevens, we're ready. Where do you want us? I want you for the first shot. You alone, Miss Keene. Miss Downs, you can wait in the anteroom if you like. I'll call you when I want you. You'll find magazines if you can't read. Thank you, Mr. Stevens. I'll be ready when you call me. What now, Stevens? Just walk up those steps, sugar. At the third step, turn around and face the camera. This shot shouldn't take long. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Walk up about here. Turn, face the camera. Hold it just like that, sugar. Want to take a look through the camera. Hold it now. While you're looking, see if you can find the $100 I'm supposed to get today. Turn a little bit more this way. That's good. Now back so I can get a shadow across the bottom half of your gown. I still haven't seen the 100 Yes, that's about it. Let me take another look through the camera. Maybe the money will be there this time. All right, you'll get your blackmail. Now hold still. <laughs> you look awfully silly, Stevens. In fact, the only way you don't look silly is when you're paying me my little weekly hush money. Stop talking and bend your right knee a little. A little more. Good. Hold it. Hold it just that way and turn on the smile. The big prop smile, but make it like you mean it. I'll just make believe you're paying me. How's this? That's good. Now hold it. That did it. Relax. One-shot sugar, they call me. What next? Relax for a while. I want to take Miss Downs now. I'll get her. Right after you give me that little cash present I get every week. You do like giving it to me, don't you, Stevens? I, I couldn't possibly accept it if I thought you didn't enjoy giving it to me. I love it. And you'll have it before you leave. 
When do I get back those letters? At the end of the year, just as I promised. You pay me every week for a year like a good little boy. And your wife will never know you were a bad little boy. And that I have your letters to prove it. You wanted Betty, I'll get her. <laughs> hey, Betty. <laughs> well, sugar. Hello, honey. Oh, just like that. Hello, honey. Slugger, I told you to keep away from Betty. But sugar... I'll handle this, Betty. Look, sugar, what are you building? Can I talk to another dame without you blowing your lid? Listen, Slugger. The only thing that will ever break you and me up is my making up my mind that it'll happen. Me. When I decide you and I aren't a team, we're through. Not when you do. Do you understand? Maybe I do, and maybe I don't. Maybe I don't like you handing out the decision, sugar. What happens then? What happens then? Mm Mm-hmm. This happens. Try walking out on me, Slugger. And you'll be the sorriest pug that ever walked on his heels. I said the sorriest. I meant the deadest. Come on inside, Betty. We have to have our pictures taken. Business is business, you know. Officer Philo Vance, private investigator, Miss Deering speaking. Mm, what a speech it is, too. <laughs> Hello, Ellen. Vance there. Hi, Mr. Markham. You're not taking him out of the office, are you? I'd say it was more a matter of his wanting to go than my taking him. May I talk to him? Why, of course. Just a moment. The district attorney, Vance. Markham? Splendid. Would you hand me the phone, please? There you are. Thanks. Hello, Markham. Uh, Vance, this is one of those calls. There's been a murder. How soon can you come up? I'm practically there now. Who was killed? A photographer's model named Sugar Keen, Vance. She was throttled. A wire wound tightly around her neck. Sugar Keen, eh? Do you have the wire? No, I don't. It's missing. Sergeant Heath is Miss Keene's employer, Al Bennett, up here, and I'm phoning you from her apartment in the Belmont Towers. I'm on my way, Markham. I did want to meet Miss Keene, but I would have preferred to have her answer when I said, how do you do? Bye. I heard that, Vance. So Sugar Keene has been murdered. That's what the man said. You sound as if you knew her. Only by sight. I've seen her pictures in the magazine. Everybody has. In fact, I think there's a picture of her in this magazine here. Now, wait till I find it for you. Yes, look. Here. Here's a picture girl on the right. Oh, she was lovely, wasn't she? Vital statistics. Her name, Sugar Keen. Height, five foot ten. Weight, 120. Single. Uh, brown eyes, blonde hair. Is seen very often with Slugger Davis, middleweight challenger. Very interesting, Ellen. You know, you're an ideal secretary. There isn't anything that you don't know or can't find out, is there? Oh, I wouldn't say that exactly, Vance. I wouldn't mind knowing or uh, finding out something about you. You mean there are things about me you don't know, Ellen? (laughs) Surprising after all these years shows how resourceful I am. Or evasive. Hmm. Well, aren't you off to investigate the Sugar Keen murder? I most certainly am. Ellen, who's the girl shown posed with Miss Keen? Looks a little younger than the murdered girl. Oh, she works for Al Bennett's model agency, too, Vance. Name's Betty Downs. She's new. Just thought I'd ask. Well, maybe she's new, but I'd better be off to meet Markham at the apartment of the late Sugar Keen before any clues left around are old. I'll be back, Ellen. Okay, Vance. I'll be here. Miss Keen worked for you, didn't she, Mr. Bennett? You must know who didn't like her. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, Sergeant Heath. I wish I could help you, but this has upset me terribly. I, 
You see, I've known Miss Keene so long, ever since she was a child. But you, you've got to give me time to think. You've just got to. Sorry, Mr. Bennett. I didn't mean to be tough. Well, you've gone over this murder room without missing a thing. Can't find any clue to work on. I thought maybe you could help us. Well, maybe I can, but n- not right now. I can't do anything right now. Look, can't I leave? Please, you know where to find me if you want me again. Uh, I'll ask the district attorney. He's talking to his friend, Philo Vance, in the next room. There just doesn't seem to be anything at all that points... Hey, D.A., uh, is it all right for Al Bennett to leave? Who? Uh, he's the head of the model agency this keen gal worked for. He wants to go home. Let him go, Heath. We can get him if we want him. Okay, D.A., just wanted to get an okay from you. Well, Vance, you know all the facts. What do you think? Markham, it's hard to form an opinion at the moment. You say she was strangled with a wire of some sort. That's right. The police are tearing the murder room next door apart, trying to find it. I wish we could lay our hands on it. Is that the only wish you can make, Markham? Because if it is, I can fill it for you. This is the murder weapon, I think. Where did you get that, Vance? It was lying here in a corner of this room. I saw it glisten while you were talking to Heath just now. The police haven't gotten around to this room, apparently. But, Markham, it isn't a piece of wire. No, I can see that. Just what is it? I'm not positive, but I believe it's a piece of costume jewelry. A coiled bracelet that's been unwound. Mm. It would make a very effective weapon. Here, take it, and my handkerchief with it. There may be fingerprints on it. Segments of fingerprints, anyhow. It isn't very wide. My guess is the murderer threw it into this room as he ran out of the apartment. Do you agree, Vance? With the fact that the murderer threw it here? Certainly I agree with that, Markham. What I don't agree with, however, is that you refer to the murderer as he. This is District Attorney Markham. The cover girl murder case began when Sugar Keene, popular model was found strangled by an uncoiled piece of metal which Philo Vance believes was once a costume jewelry bracelet. Al Bennett, model agency head, told us Miss Keene and her boyfriend, Slugger Davis, had been having a severe quarrel over another model, Betty Downs, and also that at one time, Miss Keene was friendly with a photographer named Stevens to see Miss Downs, who, at the moment, is about to make an appearance as a model at a fashion show. Vance should be there... Please, Mr. Vance, I really must leave. I'm due to go on any moment now. All right, Miss Downs, I'll walk with you to the side of the stage. Allow me. Presenting an original fastball, our world creation. Imported and sold exclusively by the shop. That's Quite attractive. Featuring off the shoulder design for the cocktail. With such lovely shoulders. Please notice the underneath. The full black skirt, shirt, and the waist. That's a wonderful bottom. The contrast is quite great. Quite effective. I'm on next, Mr. Vance. I'll have to leave you now. Very well. I'll watch you from the wings. Fine, but uh, very interesting. Goodbye. Our very latest import, ladies and gentlemen. Another Lavo original. For very formal evening wear, severe black relieved by a gold band at the waist. Completely I beg your pardon, Mr. Bennett. Bennett. No. Oh, uh, Mr. Bennett, is it not? Mm-hmm. The long black glove Fashion show doesn't seem the same without Sugar Keen in it, Mr. Vance. You should have known her. She was wonderful, lovely, exquisite. All three. 
She was everything, Mr. Bennett. Everything. Mr. Bennett, did you know it was a bracelet that strangled Sugarcane? A bracelet, Bennett? One of those coiled bracelets, Bennett. Someone unwound it, used it on Miss Keene's neck. You think, Miss Downs? Possibly. I understand she was part of a triangle along with a pugilist named Slugger Davis. People have been killed for less. Tell me, as far as you know, did Miss Downs own a coil bracelet? Well, uh, well, yes, as a matter of fact, she did. I've seen her wear it. Really? I almost didn't want to hear that. Well, I'll see Miss Downs later on. I have another call to make at a gymnasium. Perhaps the challenger to the middleweight championship of the world can forget the ring to discuss a bracelet. Just keep on your work, Mr. Davis. I didn't mean to interrupt your bag punching. You ain't, Matt. You ain't. No, I don't suppose I am. Davis, I understand you and your former sweetheart, Sugar Keen, had quite a quarrel just before her death. Yeah, so? You might have killed her, Mr. Davis. Yeah? Well, all I've got to say to you, Vance, is this. Well, that's quite a punch you have, Mr. Davis. And I think I understand what it was you had to say to me. I'm very happy, though, that you said it to me through the medium of that punching bag. Hey, Slugger. Hey, Slug. There's a doll outside wants to see you. And what a doll. Yeah, well, thanks, Frenchy. Uh, you want in on this too, Vance? For just a second, I want to verify one fact. Huh? It has nothing to do with you, believe me. Is this the door we use? Sure. Well, I throw this robe over my shoulder. There. Okay, let's go. Hi, Betty. Slugger, Good I... afternoon, Miss Downs. Mr. Vance, I didn't expect to find you here. You said you had something to ask her, Vance. Go ahead. Very well. Miss Downs, I've been informed that you owned a coiled bracelet. Costume jewelry, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I own a bracelet like that, but I can't find it anywhere. And I don't understand where it can be. No. I wonder. What upsets me is that I only bought it yesterday. Well, I've never had a chance to even wear it. So you say. I just want to check one more thing. Did Sergeant Heath take your fingerprints? Forget it, Vance, and beat it. Heath took everybody's fingerprints, and I've taken about all that talk of yours I can stand. Get out of here. Betty and I have things to say to each other. Have you really? Perhaps it might be a good idea for both of you to devote the things you have to say toward perfecting an alibi for each other. I tell you, Markham, I needed that guy Vance on this case like I needed a hole in the head. I got it all wrapped up. Really, Heath? How? How? We know what the murder weapon is, don't we? That bracelet, right? Yes, and if memory serves me, it was Vance who found it. Sure, because he was in the room next to the murder room, and that's where it was. But who checked the fingerprints on it, and who found whose they were? Me, that's who. Uh, whose prints are on the bracelet? Whose prints? Betty Downs, that's whose. She had to get her prints on the thing when she unwound it to strangle the Keen gal. Hello, Markham. Heath. Hello, Vance. Hi, Vance. Vance, you're just in time to help with a hosanna or two to be hurled in Sergeant Heath's direction. Hmm. He has fairly conclusive proof that Betty Downs murdered Sugar Keen. You bet I have. Congratulations, Heath. I hate to say this, but I know who killed Miss Keene. I've known for some time now. You have? <laughs> sure. As soon as the D.A. mentions his name, you say you knew it all the while. Oh, but I did, Heath. Congratulations just the same. 
even though Miss Downs is definitely not the murderer. Hello? Ellen, this is Van. Hi, boss. What's up? My spirits, for one thing, Ellen. I think we're near the end of the CoverGirl murder case. We sure did that quickly enough. How did we do it? I'll tell you all about it, as if I dared do anything else but that. But first, Ellen, I want you to call Markham and have Mr. Bennett, Miss Downs, Slugger Davis, and a photographer named Stevens in Mr. Bennett's office in an hour. Right. Anything else? Yes, I want you to stop at the office of an attorney named Wolf, Bartley J. Wolf. And when you're there, here's what I want you to do. <laughs> Forgive me, Mr. Bennett, for using your office as a meeting place, but it's centrally located and completely convenient. Perfectly all right, Mr. Vance. Perfectly Thank you. all right. Now, please, everybody, may I have a little quiet? Thank you all. Mr. Stevens, may I ask you one question? Vance, I've got two appointments for photographs in my studio waiting for me. I want to get out of here. I may not keep you long. I know a photographer with your reputation must be busy. Mr. Stevens... Was Sugar Keen blackmailing you? Well, was she? Yes. Thank you for being so very truthful. Actually, I imagined that was true. I found some letters you had written to her. And her bank account was larger than it should have been according to the money she earned from Mr. Bennett, to whom I am indebted for that information. You think because you know that you can prove that I killed her? Well, you can't, and I'm not sitting here waiting for you to try. I'm getting out. Heath. He ain't getting anywhere, Vance. Let's go, man. You can't frame me. Get back to your seat now, Stevens. Go ahead and sit down. Sit down. Please sit down, Mr. Stevens. I know you're not our murderer. But I won't keep anyone in suspense any longer. We were a little late in getting started because I was waiting for a telephone call from my secretary, Miss Deering. I had to find a motive for my murderer. I know it now. Mr. Bennett, would you prefer to confess? What? Me? Confess? Shall I prove how I know you killed Sugar Keen? I killed her? Well, Vance, there's something the matter with you. Did you hear that, everybody? He thinks I killed her. Now, why should I kill her? I needed her in my business. I liked her. She was my friend. Everybody tell Vance Sugar was my friend. Oh, I don't doubt that you two were friendly, Mr. Bennett. But you killed her just the same. You were entrusted with an inheritance which she was to get when she was 23 next year. Vance, you don't know what you're saying. Oh, yes, I do. My secretary found out that information from the attorney who represented Sugar Keen's dad up until his death. That was the phone message I got. My guess is you dissipated the money that was rightfully Miss Keene's and that you couldn't face the accounting you knew you'd have to have with her shortly. That still doesn't prove I killed her, does it? Everybody, does that prove I killed her? Nobody knows it doesn't any better than I. But I can prove you did kill her. I said that before, didn't I? You see, I know something. The one little thing that will prove it to the complete satisfaction of the district attorney. <laughs> tell me, Vance, that you're going to let me crawl with curiosity and you're not even coming down to the office? That's right, Ellen. Well, it's partly right. I can control your curiosity even though I won't be down today. Well, start controlling, boss. I've got questions to ask about that cover girl murder case. You'll find the answers on the dictaphone. I dictated a record last night. Now I'm going to sleep. See you later, Ellen. All right. But if you've left out anything, I'll be on the telephone. Bye, Vance. Goodbye. Dictaphone, hmm? Well, we'll see. 
Miss Deering, you probably want to know how I knew Al Bennett killed Sugar Keen and why I sent you to that attorney's office. I certainly do. We knew Miss Keene was strangled with a winding bracelet belonging to Betty Downs. But Betty Downs claimed she had never worn the bracelet. I knew that was probably true because she'd have no reason to lie about wearing it once she admitted she owned it. But to make certain, I checked with the store where she had purchased the bracelet. I was told it had been delivered late in the afternoon of the murder day. Mighty good checking. Al Bennett, however, knew she had that bracelet. How could he possibly know? He never saw her wear it. The only way he could have known is if he took it out of her apartment to use on Sugar Keen. I wonder what he was doing in Betty Downs' apartment in the first place. I imagine, with your logical mind, Ellen, you want to know why Bennett would go to Miss Downs' apartment. <laughs> well, I believe he went there to get something. A glove, a belt, a handkerchief. Something he could leave at the scene of the crime that would be traced to Miss Downs. He hit upon the coil bracelet. His one mistake. And what a mistake. Once Bennett said he knew Miss Downs owned the winding bracelet, I knew he was our man. And if there aren't any questions from you, Miss Deering, I believe that is all that needs explaining. Well? Oh, what's the difference if I had a question? You couldn't answer it, could you? Hey, what am I doing talking to a record? I thought I'd covered everything, Ellen. Or perhaps I should say, uncovered everything. Suffice to say that I'm sure we've reached the end of the Cover Girl murder case. with old time radio essentials this is dave with pete and paul that was an episode of philo vance originally broadcast in syndication on october 12th 1948 now, paul this is your pick so will you tell us why you selected it i mean why i mean why 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 ask why why i want to know please tell me I was going over the list of popular old-time radio programs going, which ones haven't we covered yet? You know, and I'm thinking, oh, well, we like the detective genre, so I'm like, let's try a different one. Okay, let's go looking around, looking around. Oh, Philo Vance. Oh, I've heard of Philo Vance. Oh, yes, I've seen William Powell in a couple of the movies and this, that, and so I started listening to some of the episodes, and I'm like, yes. Let's go with Philo Vance. We'll give it a shot. And so uh, that's, that's why I picked it, because, yeah. Okay. Did you like it? What did you think of it? 
Oh, you want me to keep going? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> please, talk, please. Talk to me, Paul. Oh, all right. <laughs> fine. To tell you the truth, after a while, he kind of wears on you. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he does. I really hate to say, but he comes across as, hi, I'm a pompous ass. You know, <laughs> I know exactly what's going on, you stupid fool mortals, you. <laughs> and so I was, you know, after I listened to several episodes, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, I really am sorry that I committed this to this one. But you know, <laughs> people have to learn. We have to, to cover everything. We have to listen to. We're right? here to cover the whole spectrum of things, you know. <laughs> and um, the thing I thought was really strange, well. One of the things was that there was no, these are the adventures of Philo Vance. Nothing right. like that. They just no come intro, in with this no outro, music. Just organ music. What yeah, the heck? Yeah, you know what? yeah I noticed that too. It wasn't a unique, like a catchy tune to say, hi, I'm Philo Vance. Oh, la, 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 la. It was just like between scenes kind of organ music playing and like, that's your intro to the story? I mean, that's no your ads. whole freaking show? No advertising at all? Exactly. No. Philo Vance brought to you by J-E-L-L-O. You know, none of that stuff. It was just, hi, we're here playing my organ. Don't worry about this. <laughs> <laughs> you leave your organ out of it, pal. Yeah, well, uh, okay. So, I mean, it wasn't too bad. It was predictable. It was, yeah, I mean, it was like they went through a checklist when they were making these, and Philo was, like I said, omnipotent to the point of being annoying, you know, but it, they weren't terrible. I, I've heard a lot worse, but yeah, I was, I, I can say for a indeed, name. I've huh? heard worse. <laughs> yeah, I know, how's that for screening? It's racist. It's just that I, I was like really hoping for because I oh Philo Vance there's a big name all right let's do Philo Vance this is gonna be good and then you're like oh that's okay. it okay <laughs> Philo Vance okay so there we go it's uh, Philo Vance so yeah who's next now because I'm done talking about <laughs> done Dave is next. Philo Vance. I, 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 you know, I, I saw Philo Vance like, oh, yeah, I have heard of him. And he is. I mean, there's any fan of old time radio is going to know that name. That character mm -hmm. is is known. So yeah. I was real excited because I'd never heard any of the Philo Vance pieces. Um, so I, I, I can look at this from two perspectives. One, just the story and, and the way it was told and then some of the more technical stuff. Um, but, yeah, like, like you said, Paul, it's like no intro or outro. It's like yeah. what the heck? It just it, it didn't set things up at all. I, I was I was amused when when uh, uh, one of the one of the, the the models was taking her diction lessons from Pierre and Pierre pulled a Yoda on us. It's like no, do not try, do do. It's like, wow, okay, that's where that came from. Um, <laughs> George Lucas clearly was an old time radio fan. Um, I, I was I was not impressed by Vance at all either. And at do you guys notice at the fashion show, dude was making noises like he was at a big buffet. <laughs> he was making ooh, mm, oh, uh, it's like dude, you're creeping me out, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of getting into it a little too much. It was. It was. It was. He was a lech. It was like oh my god. Uh, 
and I, I will say I always enjoy the whole, uh, 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 and this is a trope that has been perpetuated throughout uh, uh, media history is now here's what we do and we fade to black. Uh, uh, so, and, and I love that because you, you know, that something's being set up and then you're going to see this big play out, but we didn't get that. We didn't get the big play out at the end. In fact, he pulled, he pulled information out of his butt, out of thin air that the audience didn't know this whole inheritance of sugar and, and stuff like that. And it's like, I, so there's no way the audience could have possibly guessed or, or anticipated or worked out who, who the killer was. And, and, you know, this whole thing kind of set it up like, here's all the clues. We'll get to see a little insight on between Slugger and, and Sugar and, and what Betty. And, and so it's like the impl- implication is if you listen close, you'll be able to figure this out on your own. It's like, no, no, he pulls information out of nowhere. Um, I did enjoy the, the banter and, and the relationship between uh, Vance and Ellen. Uh, there seemed to be something almost like she's his protege. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, obviously he's aware that she's intelligent and, and perceptive uh, and he's a pedantic twat, but you know, at least he acknowledges <laughs> that she's nice. Uh, and, and I got to get that I, on a t-shirt. One of these days, pedantic twat. Pedantic twat. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I would have liked to have actually learned more about what's, what's going on there between Vance and Ellen. Um, so yeah. Now, I, I thought technically it was well executed. I got a good sense of place and depth and dimension in each of the scenes that did a good job of discrete use of sound effects to establish the soundscape and having people off mic that were distant and far away. So I, I you know, technically it was, it was a well executed uh, uh, audio drama. I thought the organ was, I know it's a convention of the time, but Oh my God, uh, that was just, it was, with all the sophistication of what was going on in in the dialogue and the banter in the scene, the organ it sounded more melodrama than audio drama, and it kind of pulled me out of the the mood of the thing. Um, and the only other observation I had was that the actors playing Bennett, Slugger, Stevens, and Vance all could have been the same actor. It was very hard to tell them apart uh, vocally, hmm. so. It was, you know, I, I wasn't, is, is this Vance? Oh, no, that's Bennett. Is this Steve? Oh, God, Bennett and Stevens in the same scene? You guys sound an awful lot alike. Everybody, I mean, I thought they could have done a better job of casting uh, or directing the, the voice actors to have a little more distinction so it was clear who was speaking. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, it was, you know, it was radio drama. It was well-executed radio drama. It was a, a, a famous Philo Vance radio drama. It was okay. Yeah. Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Hand off to you, man. Well, uh, it was okay. I gotta say, uh, I agree with you. Like, like the no opening credits. I think maybe because it was in syndication, they probably had uh, a local announcer standing by to provide uh, some kind of opening credits. I don't know, but it, it was pretty confusing because it didn't start out with our hero. It started out with the models and the photographer and the agent and so on. And he didn't come in until at least 10 minutes into the show. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, so I can only imagine that listeners of 1948 were thinking, 
what is this freaking program? <laughs> oh, it's Philo Vance. Finally, we find out, right? So, next. Paul, you, you listen to multiple of these, right? Yes. I've listened Dude, to several always, myself, yeah. yeah. Does, does it always start with, here are the, the suspects and the victims, and then Philo comes in later? Or was this unique? Pretty much. Pretty much standard. If I remember correctly, the, the other ones I listened to, it... There might have been one that I heard that he just kind of that he started off talking about an overview or something of what was going on. But for the most part, I think it was they came in with, you know, no, like you said, no audio introduction saying here's Philo Vance or something, you know, it just just comes into other people doing stuff. And then he eventually shows up. Yeah. Pete, was that your experience as well? Um, Well, I I listened to the very first one on the on the page that uh, um Paul provided us the very first program on that started out with an introduction saying this is the Philo Vance program and blah, 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 blah. So you know that it's a Philo Vance show, but um, that may have been prior to the the Ziv uh, syndication. I'm not sure. Um, It's weird how we have to figure this out for ourselves. Um, Yeah, I I didn't listen to the first one. I kind of waited in a little i i usually want to get to where they're starting to get up their steam and everything yeah. and, and hitting their stride and everything sure. and i'll start listening to a group of them around there and they were all pretty much like that then okay well on top of that, following what i said before uh next you have dialogue written so that nobody listening can misunderstand what's going on nothing is left to the imagination or the intelligence of the listener uh, for example, you've got the uh, the the agent saying, "Why, Sugar Keen, you're the most famous and highly paid model in America. Why doesn't Sugar Keen know this already? He <laughs> he tells her this exposition. Yeah, exposition. Exposition. Oh, I mean, out the ass exposition. Why does somebody have to tell her this? And Sugar Keen is supposedly in her twenties. But sounds like somebody who's been drinking and smoking for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, honey. <laughs> and on top of that, she has the wherewithal to blackmail somebody and taunt him while she while he's meekly shooting her pictures. Give me a break. This is like, oh, I can't wait to blackmail you again and get another $100 <laughs> from you. And I'll give you the letters back at the end of a year like I promised you. And, oh, I couldn't stand it if you didn't like it when I did this to you. Oh, my God. That was just so hard to listen to the whole time. Yeah. So, my, oh, just so awful. And then, but, but, but now, Sugar Keen is dead. And does the DA call in the police? No, the DA calls in Philo Vance to solve the case. Doesn't he trust the police? Apparently not. <laughs> Who, why doesn't he let the police do their job? And who's paying him? Does Vance try to get payment from the DA? He's, pri- he's a private detective, after all. I mean, I'm independently well. It is so weird and that, that this happens and. He so luckily finds the murder weapon in the next room over from the one where the cops are looking and immediately recognizes it as a coiled wire bracelet. Now, 
let's let's be real here. What kind of man of the 1940s immediately recognizes costume jewelry that's been unwound? Why really, you, you wouldn't Vince. notice that, Pete? Dilettante Playboy. Yes, uh, and and <laughs> you know, holy crap! The whole yeah. thing, the whole time you're listening, it the whole thing is is just on the nose dialogue, one after the other. The case is too pat. Vance reveals, like you said, Dave, Vance reveals too much that was unknown to the listener at the end. This was the phone message I received from my secretary. How did he know the name of the lawyer? (laughs) Why did he rely on his secretary to find it out and wait for it to be revealed after he gathers the suspects in the room to get to interrogate them, yeah. I, I just the whole thing was just too much. Uh, uh, um, um, what do they call this? The um, pulling it out of your ass. Pulling it, out, yeah, okay. <laughs> like you, both of you said, both of you said, pulling it out of your ass. It's just ridiculous the whole time, the whole way through, ridiculous, and I, I so. Eh. Good eh. choice, Paul. You know, the, first, the first time I listened to this one, I'm like, I have to listen to that again. I feel like I miss things. <laughs> and then I listened to it the second time. I went, nope. nah, <laughs> I, didn't I didn't miss a thing. <laughs> I didn't miss anything. No, it's, I heard it all. I listened to it four times so that I could catch all of the stupidity God. and comment on it. Wow. I was a really, Dude. really, I was really a glutton for punishment with this. Talk about rage listening. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> That's so it. In case you ever rage listening. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it one more time. Damn it. Oh, God. God damn it, Paul. One more time. <laughs> Anybody have anything else to add to this? No. <laughs> Okay, let's vote. <laughs> Do less. What are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we are voting on A, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and two, whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And again, Paul, <laughs> since this was your since <laughs> since this was your selection, please go first. I'm starting to feel like Steve Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, you did. I, all I can say is I've heard of Philo Vance, and I thought, oh, this is going to be good. I've heard that name. I've heard about the stories. William Powell did some of the movies. I'm oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> oh God, I'm and Paul. You, it don't, wasn't. you don't have to defend yourself. It's a, it's it, this why is, not? You guys make me feel like I need to defend myself. Well, I mean, we've already resolved that 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 it's important to see all sides of the medium. All right, and this is this is one of those sides that the audience needs to see, so they don't go into it on their own. See, true. we, we kind of took a bullet. Very, for the team very here. true. I, I feel like the old, what was, who was it? Cheech and Chong? You know, the old bit. Smell like dog shit. Hmm. Smell like dog shit. 
You remember the dog shit one? <laughs> and that, that's the whole thing, you know, smell it, taste it, all this kind of stuff. And afterwards, he goes, oh, thank God I didn't step in it. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like here is that we tasted it. We step, we put our finger in it. We smelled it and all that kind of stuff. So other people don't have to step in it. <laughs> really, really, Paul? Really, Paul? How's that for an analogy? That's, that's. Uh, that's Paul? perfect. Paul? Yes, is this babe. particular episode a true representation, representative installment of the overall series, do you think? Actually, unfortunately, from what I heard of it, yes. It was <laughs> it was pretty much a lot like this, yeah. And 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 does it belong in every radio aficionado's collection? B. Um if you like that kind of thing, go for it. You know, like <laughs> obviously if it if it elicits an emotional response like it did with Pete. You know, <laughs> then, then go for it. If, so you're saying yes. If you want to yes, have an enjoyable in... experience, I might have to say, "Well, pass this by." So, so Paul, to be clear, you're saying yes. It belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. Yes, I'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've fallen into Abbott and Costello's zone. E. Well, I would say no, no. I mean, if you're seriously into OTR, then I would say no. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'd say no because I was really hoping it would be good, but it wasn't. Absolutely, and that's yeah. So I would, uh, uh, I, I, I honestly, I had, I didn't listen to any of the others, so I really can't speak to true representation or not. Uh, uh, but uh, I can definitely say I think every radio aficionado's collection can do without this particular installment. Uh, 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 yeah, just no, no. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Dave and Paul. It probably is a representative installment. Now, I wish that Paul had chosen one that was done by Jose Ferrar because I oh love yes. Jose I was, Ferrar. I, I love yes. him. He's just so wonderful in everything. Now, if he had done this this particular episode, I might have been able to buy it. I might have been able to <laughs> yeah. say, okay, now I can, I can accept Jose Ferrar knowing everything because he is so wonderful and so smart and so terrific. But... Not this guy. Not this guy. He just doesn't come across as the perfect Philo Vance. So, no. no. Probably is not. You know, Philo Vance, it, it, I mean, no matter who played him, really came across as a know-it-all detective, not a lovable detective, not somebody who, who people uh, uh, cling to, like Philip Marlowe or Sam Spade. Uh, so I, I, I just can't rem- recommend this to any aficionado of old-time radio because he's just so freaking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. And a pedantic twat. So that's like a no for both A and 2 in that list. <laughs> Anybody else have anything to add? I got nothing. Okay. Well, folks, this brings us to the end of episode 31, or if you live in a parallel universe, to episode 6 of season 3, 
with Paul Arbisi, Dave Robinson, and me, Pete Lutz. We're very happy you joined us and hope you'll join us again next time because it'll be my turn again and I'll be bringing us an episode of the Lux Radio Theater, their adaptation of the John Wayne film Red River. The whole that film? sounds awesome, Sparky. And now, before we wind up, I want to ask if anybody has anything new to report. Dave? Pete? Yeah, I I've got a little something. I'm uh, actually I'm I'm leaving Chicago. Uh, I'm going to be moving to uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, uh, in in a week. So the next time next time you hear me on OTR, OTRE, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be broadcasting from the wild and woolly west of the Rocky Mountains. Awesome. Yeah, but that's other than that, that the, well, that's pretty much commanding my life right now. So yeah, the 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 move is is is. All that's going on in my world right now. Okay. Now, um, you know, I've been putting out a couple of adventures, a uh, couple of episodes of Adventure Trail, a new series um, that I that I created. Um, the first two episodes are out, and the third one will be coming out soon. This has got um, a character I call the Old Timer, and he <laughs> has all kinds of wonderful adventures that are that he claims are a hundred percent true. But, uh, you know, they take place over the course of several hundred years, so who knows if they're true or not. Um, but they're wonderful, tr- they're wonderful stories, and I, I hope you'll be listening to those. Also, uh, Project Audion, if you've ever heard of that, this is a, a, a terrific program series where uh, people from um, all over the country and other countries like the United Kingdom and Canada uh, join us for uh, recreations of old-time radio programs. We've been putting out about one a month. I'm not involved in every one of them, but I've, I've directed several of them. And our most recent one was uh, um, one I directed. Hmm? What? Was it 1984 was the last one? Or? Yes, the most recent one was 1984. And oh. uh, that was an episode of uh, NBC University Theater and just a terrific cast. Uh, just a wonderful adaptation. And coming up in the summer, we've got Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. And I'll be producing uh, three episodes this year. Um, uh, an episode of the Campbell Playhouse called 20th Century, based on the uh, um, the movie that came out in 1934. The Kane Mutiny Court Martial, which was uh, an episode of the BBC Sunday Playhouse, and an episode of Lux Radio Theater, uh, uh, Les Miserables. So uh, three particular wow. long, I mean, long productions, big yeah. productions of, of those series that I'll be putting out this summer. And then um, just that's what's coming up. So please tune in for those. Excellent. Paul, you got anything? Well, shit, how do you follow that up? <laughs> I ain't got squat. Are you going to be in a stage production? I'm also part of the Project Audion crew, and we're supposed to have one coming up in the next month or two uh, with Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy and with a special guest of W.C. Fields. Hiya. And I'm supposed to be playing W.C. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, good for you. And we'll see how that comes out. Uh, the guy who uh, writes those, Paul, is um, 
uh, a man who wrote for Bob Hope's TV specials in yep. the 70s. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and he has invited me to play um, several roles in, in a Fred Allen re- uh, production that he's writing. Uh, um, so I'm going to be playing Senator Claghorn <laughs> and um, Titus Moody. So so that'll be fun, and then and then Jerry Elif of the of the Narada uh, radio company will be playing Mrs. Nussbaum. So we Lovely. love Mrs. Nussbaum. So, <laughs> um, she'll be playing that. So it's going to be a good show, really. Cool. So Paul, the... weren't you in a show recently? Yeah, uh, yes, we did a play. Um, it was for. Um, Heart transplant. Oh, it was for organ transplants. We were, we were being sponsored by the group that helps uh, make that happen, and it was called. Oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. What the what the name of the damn play was? I can't believe I'm. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Wow. But it was it was fun. We had a a really good cast. The problem is. Everybody in the cast, it was like a, a cursed production because just about everybody in the damn thing was injured in one way or another. The the woman who was playing my wife fractured a toe, so she was wearing a boot for a while. And then I slipped on the ice in February and broke and dislocated my ankle. So I was in a cast using a knee scooter. We had one girl who was a physical therapist when we were in the last week of rehearsal, fell down the steps on some ice and hurt her back. And we had another girl who was playing the, uh, uh, the heart recipient. She had, um, like the, the night before we opened, she was like, why are you so distraught? Ends up her son had fallen and split his head open, was bleeding like a stuck pig, and the husband had to take him into the emergency room. Wow. And so she's texting back and forth, and while she's texting back and forth about her son, she gets a text that her mom's in the emergency room with a a kidney that's plugged and stuff. And it just, this was going on with everybody in the cast, and we're like, maybe we should hang this up. (laughs) <laughs> but we didn't and oh my gosh we, we braved Jeez. on and it went very well but oh yeah so we did that and uh glad you uh, survived that paul that's, yeah that's great. i'm i'm still in physical therapy which i just had today so my my ankle's coming along nicely um along with the project audion we've got uh, i'm with the uh, um darker projects it's with uh mj cogburn does that and yeah. she does a version of Quantum Leap, and I play Sam Beckett in that. Oh, terrific. Very yeah. Cool. You're uh, going to play Doctor Who as well. Yes, I also play Doctor Who. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm actually writing a, a script that I'm hoping that John likes and decides to adapt it into, like, one of our next episodes. But we'll see what happens. It's the first time I've ever written anything, so I might just suck. Well, good so for you. I, I, I bet it won't suck. I bet it won't I suck. It won't. I'm, I'm going to gamble on it not sucking. Well, good for you, Paul. <laughs> and, and, and you're talking about John? From uh, uh, Dream Realm Enterprise. Dream Realms. Okay, yeah. Yes. He's really good. He's, he puts out some good shows. He's yep. very busy putting out shows all the time. Good. Yep. All right. Well, good. I'm very glad to hear that. And now, Paul, Dave, tell the masses what they need to know. 
Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on any podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company. Please follow us on the Twitter at Essentials Old and join our Facebook group, Narada Radio Company Productions, to get updates on upcoming episodes of this show, plus future audio dramas. And if you want to suggest an episode, please write us at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. Put the word essentials in the subject line. Remember, folks, we're always happy to hear from our listeners. So please do send us feedback and suggestions and not just telling us where to stick it. And if you didn't catch their email when Dave spelled it out, rewind and listen again or just look for it in the show notes. Now, if you'd like to be a guest programmer, <laughs> Radio Essentials, it's please. so easy. Just send us the unused portion of that takeout meal currently sitting in your fridge, plus one of your report cards from seventh grade, and let us know which episode you'd live <laughs> from. Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? You I, know I'm, which I'm report card we're talking about. <laughs> Oh, let me start over again. Now, if you'd like to be a guest programmer on Old Time Radio Essentials, it's so easy. Just send us the unused portion of that takeout meal currently sitting in your fridge, plus one of your report cards from seventh grade, and let us know which episode from which series you'd like to discuss with us. Oh, or just send us an email. Much yes. better. Okay, I think it's high time we wrap things up, don't you? Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Pauly. Please join us next time for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Ta-ta, y'all. Little kids. I'm, I'm going to go out right now and get my T-shirt made, the one that says, Airy Red Beaver, Pedantic Clock. <laughs> <laughs> takes for this time i think we all did so well this time there weren't any out yeah there was there was there was nothing to be done and now friends adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency get comfortable and listen we're back we listened, with... we listened okay we're done <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry right. <laughs> trying to give a nice Bit of dead space there, but it's okay. It's all right. Fine. You done? Yeah, I'm done. You done? Pete? Pete, done? I'm good. Uh, okay, he's good. good. Okay. Go ahead, Everybody's Dave. Done. 63 Audio. This is Mutual.
This is Jack Ward from the Mutual Audio Network and from all of us here, the entire United Artists of Audio, I want to thank everyone who has supported us. Listeners and producers, writers and actors, musicians and graphic artists who make audio drama and audio fiction. You inspire us all. And thanks for making a home here on Mutual, where we listen and imagine together.